Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I would like to point out that today we found out that Mac, when he goes to, so we all have our restaurants we like to go to. I'm not going to mention the name of the establishment, but you can get a, a mean burrito bowl from this establishment. Um, and we found out today that Mac gets the exact same order. I mean, down to, like, the accoutrement. Damn near every time he goes to this burrito joint. And, like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it because I'm like, well, I'll, I'll throw in some carne in there, right? Or I'll throw in some hot sauce on this one. Or, hey, let's double up the cheese this time just to get a little different taste. Keith, I'm not, I'm not alone on this, right? No, you, but, like, doesn't that get boring, eating the same thing for lunch, like, every day? It's got to I mean, people, people probably work with people at the workplace that do the same thing, whether they bring it from home or get it from somewhere. Eating the same thing every single day? Yeah, like, and it's like, not, like, I can understand, like, um, when I lost all that weight, I ate pretty much the same thing every day simply because it was limited my temptation, right? But if you're already eating crappy, there's so many ways to, to, to get creative by not eating the most healthy way that you can eat. Just to confirm, Mac, I'm not misplacing. I'm not mischaracterizing anything, no. right? No, you're not. No, no, you're not. And out of anything, it for me, it's because I, I want to barely step out if I'm going to get something out. And... There's only two places that I'll go down downtown so here. Yes, just say you're lazy. Uh, I was waiting yeah. for it. Honestly, I was yeah. waiting for it. I, li- I like it. a little bit of routine at that point with it. But or laziness. Same- yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just you're just defeated, aren't you? Yeah. So how much. it started is so yesterday I had gotten something from this burrito joint, and uh, that made Mac get it yesterday. And I walk up the stairs today to print off a rundown right after our show meeting, and I saw another tin. And I was like, did you get it again? And Mac, the most he could give me was, yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I did that, yeah. Just and a little disappointed. I, but it's, I'm not disappointed. I just feel like <laughs> you can be lazy and creative. That's what I want you to know. You can, you can be lazy, fat, and creative. I've made a career out of it. I'm just saying broaden your horizons. <laughs> Listen, I had to learn okay. from experience. I ate chicken tenders and cheeseburgers until I met my wife. And then one day she's like, would you like to try some fish? And guys, it blew my fat ass mind because fish can be fat too. All right. And then she's like, well, would you like to maybe try some shrimp or some, I don't know, just literally anything other than just the same old kind of fish. And then I tried shrimp and it blew my ever loving mind. So I'm just telling you, you're 28. At some point, a woman's going to come along and she's going to take control of you and she's going to mold you into the man you need to be. 
All right? I just I see that for you. I think you need that, and that's okay. All right? Because I needed it when I was 21. I needed my hand held. I need to be morphed into a man, and that's what Vanessa did for me. It's debatable whether I'm a good man. It's debatable whether anybody wants to be this. But the point is, I'm now trying to help whatever filly you saddle up with. I'm trying to help her just cut off a couple years of of just hard time trying to figure out how to mold Mac into the man he needs to be. 216-474-0092. As we start the show, just full-blown Mexican standoff here. Uh, Do you eat the same order from the same restaurant? Meaning, it's it's like, I, I believe in brand allegiance, right? You guys know, every Friday I go to Master Pizza. But I don't get the same pizza every single Friday. I do get the same cheese sticks because those things are bomb. But uh, I'll get the mad meatball. I'll get a pepperoni passion. I'll get the steak potato. I'll get just a plain cheese pizza. It's called variety. Variety is the spice of life. See, but at a place like Master Pizza, I will go and I will get different things there. Because I at least trust the other, the uh, others. Hey, uh, the hey other that's options. my client. All right. Yeah. You, you back off. You back <laughs> off my turf. Okay. I'm just helping. So this is the one restaurant. Yeah, you're helping me with that. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, wait. So this is the one restaurant. Everything it, else. Because because of where I go, it's picking certain things that to go into said burrito bowl. If I know that I like that, and I don't necessarily know how I like the other the other uh, accoutrement getting thrown in there like you said it's uh, cheese it's a different kind I don't know. of salsa sometimes i don't like the other salsa sometimes i don't like the other salsa but but you know but oh my god this is you were it's just pure laziness just admit it it is laziness or convenience however however nice we want to be on the subject a little bit of column you're, you're a, treating, a little bit of column you're treating it like it's the difference between like blackened salmon salmon jeez <laughs> blackened uh, salmon and like uh, tofu. You're you're treating it like it's steak versus roasted dog feces. Like it's it's carne asada. It's steak. It's chicken. Maybe they got barbacoa. They got beans. They got rice. Like they do not have salmon though. They do not have salmon though. Jeez. You sure you like fish, then, yeah. bud? Yeah, I love me some salmon. <laughs> I also love some tilapia. Uh, John on Twitter. Setting into at Nick Wilson says it was going so well until I assassinated myself. Uh, John on Twitter, social media reactions on X brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. John saying, uh, I also order the same thing every single time. No variety. We just toss a little hot sauce up in that B. We don't just, hey, I'm going to go for a different protein today or maybe go half and half. Uh, George saying, uh, when I go to said establishment, I get the exact same order each time as well. More so, I dated a girl who also got this exact same order each time. She went there. Worst of all, we had the same order. That's weird. Did you dress the same when you went there? Do you guys like have matching outfits and matching orders and matching burrito bowls? There's nothing worse than when you when you when you walk out of getting ready for the day and you realize it's like a big day, you got a lot of events going on, you're gonna see family, and you realize you and your wife match. Nothing worse. Just nothing more embarrassing because nobody buys that she didn't make you do it. But I digress. Same thing. Nobody buys that that it wasn't her burrito order that you then just co-opted because of hive mind or she just kind of made you do it. Let's go with Thomas. Thomas, welcome to the show. Real quick, buddy. What you got for us? 
Nick Wilson, man, look, I love you, man. You're a great guy. But I eat the same burrito bowl from said burrito place every single day. And it got to the point where even the workers know my name and they know exactly what I want to get. So I can just walk in during my lunch break and get my same bowl that always tastes the same good because there'd be some that'd be better than others. So, you know, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, let dude keep doing him, man. Let Thank him you. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Be Thomas, you, man. Thomas, yeah. you are too skinny to be that fat. <laughs> be good, buddy. Good to hear from you. Great to hear you, too. Uh, Thomas, give us a call there. 216-474-0092. Do you order the exact same order from the exact same restaurant every time? If people knew the amount to which Mac went there, Mac honestly could own a timeshare in Costa Rica with the amount of money he spends year-round on said burrito place. But... Today is not about burritos. Today, we're actually going to start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to do it because may I give them their flowers? I know we're not allowed to say that because uh, new sayings threaten us and, and, and people get very triggered when I say give them their flowers. Uh, that was the best win of the season so far for the Cleveland Cavaliers because last night, and, and listen, we can quibble about the rotation. Uh, good to see Sam Merrill get seven minutes again last night. That was always fun to see. I'm not actually kid about that. Um, there actually should be nights where Sam Merrill gets seven minutes a night. There also should be nights where he gets 25 minutes a night. I digress. That's how rotation should work. However, what was really impressive last night is because you had Evan Mobley on a minutes restriction, you were able to stagger your bigs, and that was able to keep more shooters out on the floor. I think the Clippers are a really hard team to beat because they do a hell of a job at just overall defense. They did a great job at defending the passing lanes last night. But because you were able to stagger the big men, you were able to get more offense on the court, and it just felt balanced, right? Like, when you don't have the right mix of shooting or when you have too many non-shooters on the floor with the Cavaliers, it can get to a point where they're still taking three-point shots. They're still taking a lot of three-point shots, but they're not taking good three-point shots. Last night, there was a lot of good. And, you know, that's a game that maybe if it's in L.A. goes a little differently because I think – I'm not talking about home whistles or anything like that. I just think you were vibing. I thought I thought the Cavs vibed off the crowd yesterday. But getting back to it, you know, if, if I'm going to be the guy who when they're beating Washington twice in two days or twice in three days and we snark about, you know, beating Detroit and we snark at beating – up on bad teams, which is how a bulk of the beginning of this this run to start January started. If I'm going to snark about that, you got to give them credit when they've beat the Bucks. And I know the Bucks aren't the Bucks yet. It doesn't matter. You split with the Bucks uh, over the last two games. Orlando, they're they're coming back down to earth, but that's still a good basketball team that can beat you on any given night. And then you cap it off to this point by being able to go out there against a legitimate top six team in the West with guys who, you know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, amongst others, guys who are really good at a position that you can struggle to defend or you can struggle to play against well with with elite or sub-elite wing players. So it was just, I can just tell you, like, some of the games that I've watched over the last two months, I continue to fall back into the habit of asking the big picture questions 
and 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 there's a frustration that you don't have an immediate answer on things like are they better are they truly a better team they're a more talented team but are they a better team than last year right have they finally knocked off any sort of that rust they had early in the season with the injuries and now you've got Darius coming back you've got Evan coming back I think Darius is is scheduled to come back uh tomorrow against Detroit and I said this yesterday like I do think the next couple of weeks are really crucial just for us finding out who the Cavs are but when it comes to getting that kind of win last night, Donovan Mitchell, who excelled as running the offense and who continues to impress people in the dual role of being your best offensive player while also being a hell of a facilitator without the ball kind of getting stuck in his hand, Jarrett played great last night. It was just uh, – uh, guys, we had the uh, the, the by – bi-monthly Isaac Okoro doesn't suck game, which was even more fun. Like, he was popping off last night. I'll say it again. That was a really impressive game by the Cavaliers. And I think we get caught into, well, are they better or they worse without Darius, without Evan? I've I, I actually talked uh, to Jeff Phelps before the show, and I thought, you know, he continues to hammer the point of that he just thinks there's a fundamental flaw in the build of the Cavs because they're able to win without their second-best player in Darius Garland. And that that's a conversation that has to be had. I don't think it's going to be a conversation you even can contemplate having in the regular season. But I do think, like, I think what you're seeing is that it's easier to win when there's less complications to winning. When you have two bold dominant guards and two non-shooting bigs or limited offensive bigs, there are complications. Now, there are there's other sides to that. There are, you know... The beneficial parts of playing with four players at that that skill level and that ability level, that talent level, but there's also, you know, when you – I don't think it's, hey, they're winning without Darius. I just think – I think it's their less complicated path to victory. They don't have to – they don't have to go through and answer the same questions on a nightly basis. That's less about Darius. It's less about Donovan, and it's more about Darius and Donovan together. And now the question becomes, can you do it – can those two guys do it together again? They did it for most of last season. It fell completely apart in the postseason. But I think now's the stretch of time where we get to find out, adding Darius back, as he and Evan get to 100%, all right, can this be real? Can this? Can you, can you hop back into the rhythm you had with all four guys for most of last year? 216-474-0092. But a big win by the Cavaliers last night. Uh, just a nice win, a fun win as well. JB Biggerstaff breaking down Evan Mobley's return to the court after what is it, six weeks with uh, with a knee injury, and you know Evan, I think he kind of saw him kind of glow up during the game, get more comfortable. I think it really, I think the minute restrictions really helped the Cavaliers because you could bring Evan back, he could be impactful, but you were able to stagger the the minutes from the the bigs and i actually thought jason uh jason lloyd of the athletic had a great piece about how and we had made a joke hayden grove had tweeted out a picture or sorry a video of evan mobley attempting threes in practice and i was like oh that's so good cuz he's not going to take any of those in the game well jason actually had a a a great take on how now's the time for evan mobley to just start taking those threes and it that is going to be one of the factors that 
will determine the trajectory of the Cavaliers really more in the postseason than anything. If he can just get comfortable taking those shots, even if he shoots 32% or 33% or 35%, like even if it's significantly below league average right now, Mobley just being able to take and make those three points and convincingly force the defenses to, to, to go out to the perimeter and defend him would go a long way to stifling some of the natural similarities and the perception that the Cavs have two rim-running, non-shooting bigs. Even if he doesn't have a mid-range game, there's just if he can just keep taking those threes and over time that become a part of his game, it would change not just how teams defend him, it would probably change his ceiling as a player. And he'd probably get up over 20 points a game, and I think it would take a little pressure off the kid, quite frankly. But, you know, we're having the conversation of whether or not you're buying into this version of the Cavaliers. And, you know, it's funny. Like, I've made the point that there was a, I don't want to say convenient, but the silver lining of the Mobley and Garland injuries is it allowed, you know, uh, Donovan to take over the offense and and have pretty significantly high usage rates, both in – in what he's doing as a scorer and what he's doing as a passer. And it also allowed you to put more shooters on the court because you didn't have to to juggle Evan and Jared. And what has happened is Donovan's playing really good basketball and Jared's playing his best basketball since well before the playoffs last year. And if you and if you think back, you know Jared's trade value has been diminished to some level because of playing next to a very similar player and he already has limitations compared to his actual impact on the court because he's not a well-rounded offensive player that does eat into his value a little bit but then you watch the Cavs on tape and the perception is that the two bigs are kind of slowing down the two non-shooting bigs are kind of slowing down your offense so you know, I, I think the reality is, and I've, I've heard Jeff Phelps, I think Jeff has been pretty staunchly in the corner of, you've got to make a decision on Darius and Donovan. And I think that conversation's probably coming well before you or I want to really have that conversation. Unless the Cavs get really stubborn, and guys, that's the last thing you want to be in the NBA. But I don't think that's a conversation for now. I think the conversation for now might be, is there a, a trade for Jarrett at the deadline? that allows you maybe a different way to kind of look at the offense with Evan Mobley. And that's more about Jarrett's trade value than it is, because I, I don't know it'll ever be as high as it might be right now. And and guys, honestly, I'm not one of the NBA trade gurus. I love the NBA trade machine, but I couldn't tell you whether you could bring it back Rui Hachimura in a first-round pick or not. I don't know. I don't know the approximation of what you could get. But I think the Cavs have been stubborn with their core four to this point. I think they should be stubborn with their core three and be open-minded about where Jared Allen is. But I think the next two to three weeks will go a long way to tell us how real the last month of January has been. Because if you can do similar things, and it's not just about staggering the minutes of Darius and Donovan, where both guys feel like they can get in a zone and then at the end of the game they play um, they they then have you know overlapping minutes there. It's not just about that, but it's just about making sure that you you stay in this rhythm. And the offense is going to change when you bring back Darius. 
But I think it would go a long way if you can add Darius and Evan back and continue to win at the rate. And listen, they're playing 900 ball in their last 10 games. That's probably a little pie in the sky. But can you go 6-4 and four or 7-3 and three in the next 10 games with those two guys? Because then it stands to reason if the rhythm isn't disrupted, you can keep winning, stay a top four seed, although right now you're the fifth seed, and stay in that conversation to be one of the the teams that gets to host a, a, another home round of the playoffs in that first round there. 216-474-0092. You guys, are you buying into that this version, this winning version of the Cavaliers is here to stay? And I do think we've entered into a spot, and I don't know that this is the prevailing I don't know this is everybody out there man-to-man, right? But I do think that it's been really interesting to hear everyone talk about the Cavaliers because there are camps emerging. And I think we are in the what I would like to call the LeBron zone of the Cavs winning in that I think a lot of us have tricked ourselves into thinking the regular season doesn't matter anymore. Almost to the point where I think you know, like, I, I one, I don't think we're watching the Cavs as intently as we did last year. Last year, every game mattered. Every moment mattered. You were trying to figure out and trying to find out what how Donovan fit in. You were getting used to Donovan and just what an explosive scorer he is. I think there were moments where we were looking for Evan to take a big jump. And, okay, well, how does Darius? Now, it's funny. Like, Darius's numbers actually, it, he got a lot more efficient last year despite so the numbers, the the peripheral numbers kind of look similar, but once you dig deep in, he actually was much better last year. This year, well, we're not going to talk about that. But nor, nor Donovan with him on the court at the same time. But I, I do think that there is a segment of people who, if you could just, and this is all I remember from the Le- LeBron years. That first LeBron year, we lived and died with all 82 games of LeBron, Kevin, Kyrie, and then, you know, Dion became JR and this player became Mozgov and you know this pick became Iman Shumpert. And by the second year, once you got to the NBA Finals, that next regular season just didn't matter. Like there were individual games that mattered. The any Christmas Day matchup afterwards that was Cavs Warriors became the biggest indictment or the biggest celebration of the Cavs, all that. Um, or the biggest indictment or biggest celebration of the Warriors. But by and large, there were no games that we went, this is a litmus test game. And it's been interesting to hear how I think Browns fans feel like, Browns fans, Cavs fans feel like we're in the same spot with this team. And I think the difference and the obvious difference is the ceiling and the floor. This Cavs team probably doesn't have the build necessary as current to win an NBA championship. They're probably one really great wing player, maybe a really great wing player and another. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Not maybe a, a, a more proper big to play next to, to Evan Mobley, who can also play a little bit of the five, but play more just out of his way. Like they're one to maybe two players away from, and and maybe a couple years away from being a true Eastern Conference. We're going to get to the NBA Finals and have a chance to win, kind of team. That Cavs team was ready to win a title on any given. I still, and I think a lot of people think, if Kyrie and Kevin Love stay healthy in 2015, you win a championship that year. I, I don't know that. I, like I, I feel like it's almost like common sense that you had. I mean, you, it was LeBron and the the Bronettes that were that were pushing the Warriors any given night, and the, they just kind of ran out of talent because neither Kyrie or or K Love was there. But when I say we're in the LeBron zone, I just think people have skipped past. Well, the regular season doesn't mean anything, and I don't know you could be more wrong about this specific team. And it doesn't mean that every single game or we sh- if they lose three straight next, we should panic. No, but there are still things this team has to prove in the regular season to show that they can compete in the postseason. And in the end, like I, there is a part of me that thinks we're all just waiting to see what they do in the postseason. But because the beginning of the season was so uneven and in fairness, like their low point to this season was they were like one game below 500 and then they were 500 and then one game above 500 right around the time the injuries hit. So I'm willing to give the idea that a good amount of that was injuries and trying out a new offensive system, which they've since ditched all that kind of stuff. I'm willing to give that, but I don't think you can, necessarily just take that to the bank I don't think that means we should all just check out on the rest of the regular season and say the regular season doesn't matter continuing to try and find a way to get the ball out of Donovan and Darius's hands equally whether that's staggering uh, their minutes whether that is trying to bring back that offensive system that apparently man they had a good five games with I think one of, the, one of the most annoying things that happens in the NBA is that teams spend all offseason talk about how different they're going to be, and then five games into the NBA season, ten games into the NBA season, they they just completely revert. It happened, and, and this year it happened to be the Cavaliers, and it, it did not help my feelings on J.B. Bickerstaff, but it is one of the funniest things to track 
of like, hey, we lost that postseason. We took it personally, and we're going to overhaul this whole damn thing. And five games in, it's like ISO, 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 non-shooting bigs, and we're just going to take a bunch of bad threes. So I digress. That was a, that, that Tiger got out of the cage on that one. But I just – I think if we're waiting for the postseason, I think what could happen with the Cavs – I mentioned the ceiling. The, the Cavs – we're always a championship team in that LeBron zone where at some point in the first year or two, the, the the regular season stopped mattering to us. And if we could have all just in January, like where we are now, if we could have just simmed to the postseason with the Cavs, the, the idea was, well, you're going to sim to the postseason and then it's going to take you three rounds to kind of figure yourself out. But but you, as, long as, you, as long as you just stay healthy, you're going to have a chance to com- compete and you'll make it to the NBA Finals. But that's the ceiling, and that's the floor of the Cavs. The ceiling was you could win an NBA title with LeBron's teams. The floor was you're going to make it to the NBA Finals in that second run. That's not the floor. And I think that's why you should maybe be paying more attention to the Cavs, why you should try to keep a sharp eye on what the Cavs are doing and what they're not doing and what they do well and – that every one of those fit conversations that I know can be tedious and they lead to the end game conversation, which nobody wants to have right now. But if you're not paying attention, and when I say pay attention, I mean we're really grading this team as we go. If we're not doing that, I think you get could get snake bit by a team that has the floor of a team that could still be one and done in the playoffs. And I have not, as of yet, seen anything. As fun as last night was, as fun as the the, the Bucks win uh, last week was, as fun as a lot of these games have been, watching Donovan be great, watching Jared play to his level, here's a Sam Merrill night, here's an Isaac Okoro night, here's a Dean Wade night, here's a this night, a Struess night, or that George Nyang with a big pass last night. As fun as that's been, I have not seen anything that tells me that the Cavs can avoid uh, that they are it's fait accompli that they won't be gentlemanly swept again. I haven't seen anything that definitively makes me think they will. But the reason why you stop paying attention to the regular season is you know where this team is going in the postseason with some degree of certainty. Ah, they're gonna be they're they're at least an Eastern Conference team, right? In the Eastern Conference Finals. They're at least a four seed. They're at least a two seed. They're at least a one seed. They're at least an NBA finals team, but maybe not a championship team. If you told me the Cavs could win a first-round series and make a second-round series competitive, I could buy that from the talent they have. If you tell, and by this run that they're playing in right now, if you told me that this team could show their ass in the playoffs for the second straight year, which would be, and understand me when I say this, this is not hyperbole, it would be a disaster if you went out and no-showed in the postseason again, with huge implications on Donovan's future, with huge implications on maybe even Kobe's future, but certainly J.B. Bickerstaff's future, with maybe implications on the rest of your roster, it would be disastrous. And that's how we're. That's how I know that we might we might want to be in the LeBron zone. Wake me up when April begins. Not to paraphrase Green Day, but. We might want to be there. We're not there with the Cavaliers yet. We are talking some Cavaliers. I'm going to get to my old man yelling at the clouds moment, but 
we're just uh, the the conversation we're having is I just notice a lot of people who don't want to analyze where the Cavs are unless it's a favorable spot for the Cavs. Like for instance, the Cavs are winning and that trumped. All right, how repeatable is this when Darius and Evan come back? And I should say, like a lot of this is a, there's an I don't know component with the Cavaliers. There is a fair amount of I don't know to to this. You can be skeptical about it. You can be more um, optimistic about it. But there is a fair amount of, well, can they do it? I, I Maybe, right? And like Mac and I were just talking about, you know, I'd made the point that Jared, Al- Jared Allen's trade value has never been higher because he's coming off. He's one of the hottest players. He's one of the hottest bigs in the NBA with how he's been able to impact things offensively and defensively for the Cavaliers. And it's not that, Jarrett and Evan can't get better as a tandem. They can't get better that there isn't uh, places for Jarrett and Evan both to grow simultaneously and become tougher to defend and, and make a better offense. It's more is that ceiling to both guys growing next to each other. Is that the same as adding a third shooter on the court with either one of your bigs and either one of your guards? And I think that is, that's a really tough question. But my only qualm is not that the Cavs haven't traded one of their core four yet. It's they haven't been open to the conversation on what I think might be the easiest guy to move, which is Jarrett. And when I say easiest, I mean he might be able to bring you back the missing piece on the wing that you need. And that that wing player probably fits better with Evan over the next three or four years. And... I think the Cavs are rightfully concerned about, well, we don't want to limit our ceiling now. We don't want to take a step back just to take a step forward two years from now because who knows if either Kobe or, or JB is going to be there. That's fair. But the longer you put off adding the right pieces around Evan and maybe even Darius, we'll talk about that's another conversation for another day. I do think the longer it takes for both those guys to to be put in the most conducive environment – for them to be the reason you're winning and not Donovan every single night. And so if it sounds like the Cavs are in a giant catch-22, they are. But that's another reason why let's just sim to the playoffs is not a realistic mentality to have about this Cavs team, whether it's for the Cavs or for you and me as fans. Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Yeah, I think you have a good point uh, about Mobley and Allen. They are similar players. Uh, I don't think Mobley has a natural three-point shot. He kind of slingshots it out there. But uh, I, I, I agree with you there. I think that another pro- major problem we have, though, is Garland and Mitchell just don't seem to connect on the floor at the same time. Uh, Mitchell's proven he's a he's a top point guard. I mean, he's getting seven, eight assists, still scoring 28 a game. Garland, when he's on the floor with Mitchell, he's turned the ball over more than he uh, – more too much. He's trying to do too much, and he doesn't play very good defense. I, I would have no problem with a package deal for a good shooting guard to take. Okoro shouldn't be playing 35 minutes a game. He's averaging eight points a game. He has no mid-range game. I've never seen him take a jump shot off the dribble. It's either a set three-pointer or a layup. You know, so I think that's definitely a weakness too. They, but I, I think Garland is expendable. You got Porter. This kid can play. He plays great defense. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's smart with the ball. He can score when he wants to. He takes it to the rack 
stronger, I think, than even than Garland does. Mark, uh, so, Mark, we yeah. got a boogie, buddy, but I appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Um, you're not trading Darius to open up minutes for Craig Porter Jr., but I mean, I, listen, there is the inevitable Garland versus Mitchell conversation. The problem is, it's not who's the better player now. It's who's who's going to stay with you for the next five years. If those two things were equal, I think the Cavs might be more open to trading Darius, who seems to be a little bit farther away from being the kind of winning player night in, night out that you need. Young guards usually are the thing, and young point guards especially, are the thing that can hold back a team with a lot of talent. Uh, LaMelo's one of the most exciting young players in the NBA. The Hornets are ass because they are playing through an immature 21-year-old point guard and an immature 19-year-old two-guard. Like, young guard play, it's, it's the tale as old as time. Takes young guards a long time to learn how to win. Problem is, the other guy who you could choose, Donovan, probably is never going to give you the guarantee you need. Now, for my old man yelling at the clouds moment, I got to say, the NBA has to do something about their on-court product. Because I was watching Minnesota in OKC last night. And you got to understand, that's the two best teams right now in the Western Conference. And it really was. It was truly the battle for the number one seed as they came into that game tied for first place in the West. And so uh, some of this is they're both really young teams. But watching that game, that 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 is a game that does have playoff implications, even though it's a game that's being played on, on January 29th. And it had all the defensive ferocity of, of like a like a really nice pickup game at your local Y, and I, I just it highlighted to me what I do think has become the NBA's biggest problem, which is I don't think there's ever been more discrepancy between the kind of basketball, the kind of intensity, the kind of the style of play where every possession matters. In, that sells in the, po- the the postseason, that makes the NBA playoffs tolerable, that they can have <laughs> a thousand games, have four rounds of playoffs, have half the league in, but it's tolerable because of the, the, the pace of play, the intensity of play, the focus of play, every possession matters. Last night, it had none of that. I mean, it clearly mattered. It mattered to Anthony Edwards. It mattered to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It mattered to the, both teams, but... In terms of it was it, it was a one-sided offensive blah. It was Anthony Edwards brings the ball down the court and either takes a three or drives and makes a nice dunk, and then Shea Gilgis Alexander then would in turn bring the ball up and there's a three or there's a pass and there's a another three. Like I was looking at just the overall scoring numbers in general, and the league average is 115 points per game. I'm going to say that again. It's 115 points per game. That is up 14 points per game from a decade ago. And from 11 years ago, it's up 17 and a half points per game. And then you start to look at right now, 33% of the NBA is averaging 118 points per game or more. And the NBA average margin of victory from 2010 to 2019 was 11.8 points per game. It is significantly higher than that today so the games are blowouts it is basically just pick up basketball dribble the ball down the court shoot a three do all the things that looks good and get you on sports center and get you good on twitter and get you good on instagram 
But if you actually watch the games, there, guys, there were six minutes of the game that I blacked out yesterday. I don't remember what happened. I Actually, I do remember what happened, but it was bad possession, bad possession, bad possession, turnover, bad possession, weird wonky three-point shot, and that is almost every game I watch. And there are some teams that are better at mitigating some of those bad possessions than others, but it's all in the name of of just, I don't know, scoring more points. And I think we finally hit the point. We've always asked the question, is there a point where it's too much offense? I think we've reached that point. Because it is January, and you've got Luka Doncic. You've got, I think you've already got 12 guys, no, 13 guys through January 26 that have had uh, 50-point performances. You are on your way to having more than last year, which was the previous record, at 25 players with 50-point games or more. And it's not just Luka. It's not just Joel Embiid. It's Jalen Brunson. It is like it's never been easier for a good player, a, 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 a maybe an all-star level player or just outside of the all-star conversation to have a 50-point game. So my old man yelling at the clouds moment is can somebody bring back rules in the NBA to make the regular season watchable? Because last night was supposed to be a crowning moment for one of those teams, and all it was was sloppy, crappy offensive basketball with nary a hint. They've got Rudy Gobert, a former NBA Defensive Player of the Year, and I still did not see a whole hell of a lot of defense being played. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.